Hi guys, James Wilson-Taylor here for Rock Sound with the latest edition of the Rock Sound podcast and today's guest from Biffy Clyro, the mighty Simon Neal. The brand new album is out now. It is called The Myth of the Happily Ever After. We talk a little bit about writing this record. It came somewhat out of the sessions for the previous record, A Celebration of Endings, but loads of new stuff and new sounds on there as well. We also look back on their incredible headline slot at Reading and Leeds Festival a few weeks back. We also look forward to next year when they will be hitting a bit of a milestone. It's going to be 20 years since that debut record, Black and Sky, came out. Plus, I of course had to ask him a bit about working with two of our favourite bands of rock sound, While She Sleeps and Architects, on those collaborations over the last year or so. And as ever, if you want to check out the video of this conversation, it's up right now over on the Rock Sound YouTube channel. Just search for our video called Playlist, and make sure, of course, you check out The Myth of the Happily Ever After right now, too. Let's get into it then, shall we? Here he is, from Biffy Clyro, in his own words, this is Mr. Simon Neal. Simon. I'm great, James. How you doing, my brother? Not too bad, man. Not too bad. Keeping well. I, keeping I sense well. that you're in Scotland. I can you sense. Saw, we're sharing. Uh, we're sharing a land, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> There's something in the air. You can just kind of sense a, a new presence. It's I know you're close. Thing. I know you're close, brother. <laughs> anyway, it's so lovely to see you, man. Great to talk to you. Yeah, you too, man. You too, man. Um, and before we get into the record and everything, you know, something I want to mention very recent from the Biffy camp. Um, congratulations on these live shows. It must feel so, so amazing finally being able to get out in front of the crowd. I know just from standing in a field in Leeds how powerful that was and just seeing the emotions of people's faces. I can only imagine from your perspective, it must have been even bigger and better. You know what? You've nailed it. It was it was so emotional. You know, I mean, we played thousands of shows over the years and, and it felt like we'd never stepped on a stage before in our lives. And and I think I, I knew it was going to be special, but I didn't think I'd feel so overwhelmed, you know, seeing just even just that many people standing next to each other after 18 months of everyone keeping social distance and, and just to see like a shared emotion in a group of people. So to be out there, it was so, it was so exhilarating. It was really life affirming and actually after spending so long indoors, I think we all needed it, even whether you're watching a band or playing, you know, it's something that we all need. We need to live with shared experiences and, and that level of kind of intimacy for want of a better word because that's what makes us human that's otherwise we're just fucking hermits or and and that's that doesn't make me happy it <laughs> <laughs> doesn't make anyone happy that one no no it was it was a lovely lovely experience amazing to finally hear some of them i guess we can still call them new songs but hearing them live actually out there in a the, setting the before times i know it's like <laughs> it's only a year ago that celebration was out and but it feels like a bit a decade to be honest man yeah absolutely i think for all of us man time is linear these days it's very very strange but i mean it's nice to know that that you guys have been keeping busy brand new record out now at the time of recording it's just kind of dropped um i guess my first question there is you know last time we spoke i know you said there were songs left over and all that kind of stuff how much of this record we now hear actually came from those sessions and how much has been newly discovered during these these recording times so, so originally there was like five or six songs we were working with and that, that originally before the pandemic happened, it was just going to be that continuation of the expression. I like to kind of I like to kind of clear the decks before we start in another album proper. As soon as those songs just didn't feel right, as soon as the pandemic happened. So there's probably ended up about 15%, 20% of the album was pre-existing ideas, but I still rewrote even any of those ideas and songs and lyrics. So so it's definitely became a new record. It's We've still got like five or six songs for a, for another <laughs> celebration of endings offshoot. So <laughs> we could still do that that real proper B sides record, but 
because of how unique the situation was and the and the kind of feeling and what what everyone was going through, it was my only way to kind of deal with with my frustrations with it and and the kind of and and the questions I had and and the kind of wondering when it was going to end if things were ever going to get so so it's very much each song is kind of like a different week of me feeling a certain way during the pandemic you know I, I don't want it to feel like an oppressive listener it's just a pandemic record it's kind of more about the human condition going through something quite traumatic you know and we all went through it together you know I know we all had slightly different experiences but it's the first time in my life where everyone was faced with a crisis that was in essence the same thing um so so, so it just would it would have felt wrong to not write a bunch of new songs having said that if I didn't feel inspired the album wouldn't have happened you know I, I started writing a couple of new ones and we decided to keep everything de- like top secret so we didn't tell the record company we'd started recording we didn't tell our management because I didn't even want that pressure of oh Simon's writing new songs this might be a new record I, it was it was purely an expression of, of my the emotions and and the journey of the last 18 months so so it came out in one of the most kind of uncynical ways that, that we've ever worked you know from the moment the first song was completed and the album being finished was like six months so it, it felt it felt very much it was kind of what kept us going and kept our head out out, out the ground really in that little little period it kind of gives a little sliver of joy and something to focus on and to hang the, everything else kind of on yeah, yeah i mean it's it's an interesting point isn't it it's something i've talked to with a with a lot of bands who've been recording over this last year because this is by no means a pandemic record you would never think of this as the pandemic biffy record but of course you are expressing feelings that we've all felt over the last 18 months you're definitely looking at the world around you can see even in the album title really it's definitely an expression of that i guess the question is was it a challenge to kind of not make it the pandemic record you know how do you manage to balance that emotionally i suppose i think it was just it was trying to keep it as as personal as kind of possible and kind of try and just make it about my experience and my friend's experience and not and not trying to not trying to figure it out i think that's the thing about this record I, I'm kind of asking more questions and, I, and, I'm, and i'm kind of feeling vulnerable and feeling unsure of myself in these songs and and I, I wasn't looking for an answer, even even during that time. That time, I wasn't like expecting to figure out what was going on. And I think I think it'll take us all a good few years to really kind of come to terms with how we've all changed and how the world has changed. And and I think it'll be a few years before even more artwork will reflect the pandemic. You know, because we're still kind of in it as well. You know, I mean, the news this week isn't exactly the most positive, but. It still feels that we're dealing with it, and that was that was why it was so important to get this album out now. I didn't want to write these songs and then and work on them and tweak tweak them for eighteen months, and then we we put them out in a while, and and I kind of have lost that emotional connection to them because I feel like every week matters at the moment, every month matters, and and then, and these songs would not they would not have come to fruition if it, if we weren't you know enforced to be at home and and to kind of try and find purpose where there wasn't any. But as I say, I was really pleased to, to kind of be able to focus my negativity and my, all my kind of dark thoughts into something that ended up producing a positive feeling. So rather than it manifesting in, in a really unproductive way, you know, which unfortunately some people haven't had the opportunity to express it outwardly. Some people have either been by themselves or they don't get that opportunity. So I do feel genuinely lucky to have been able to kind of 
get it out rather than just keep it in and let it eat away. Yeah, it's interesting how it's kind of manifested in the sound of the record as well, because I think what was uh, what's kind of interesting with it is with the celebration of endings, it felt like the majority of that record fell into that big anthemic, big melodic sound you guys are known for. And then, of course, you have moments like Cop Syrup as well that kind of complemented that. This, to me, felt like the reverse. You've definitely got those anthems in there again, but it's a much more progressive, much more experimental, kind of Infinity Land sound, I kind of thought, in this one in a lot of places. Um, did you kind of push towards that element of what you guys do, or is that just how it felt, how it all kind of came out? Um, probably a mixture. It was, it was basically, I, I didn't use my head. I didn't use my brain, you know, it, you know, full disclosure, when you're normally making a record, there's like record company will give their opinion. Everyone's got something to say, you know, you're thinking about singles or whatever. There was none of that here. This was literally what's making us feel good, what's giving us a smile at the end of the day, what's making us look at each other and get feel that magic in the room. And, and, and that's what we focused on. It was, I would have felt, see, to have to inhibit these ideas in the, in, in the, the way the songs ended up, it, it just wouldn't have felt right. It wasn't a time to kind of, to tweak things. You know, like like the, the songs came out kind of as they were. If a song made it to six minutes, normally I would be considering going, you know, can we make this get to the point a bit quicker? And in this album, it was like, no, th this is about the journey. And it's, I think it's closely associated to like Infinity Land and Sonically because it, it feels like it is one piece, you know, some of our like celebration, was a piece of music, but you could listen to songs individually and, and kind of, you know, songs could live by themselves. In this album, I feel like you kind of want to hear the full picture and get it top to bottom. So it's probably like our early Beggars records because no one else even came into the practice room. No one came into the studio. You know, it was it was as close to being 19 and making our first record as we've ever been. And I know I've said that before in other albums, trying to feel like that. But practically, that was what we did this time. We built our own little studio. We worked with Adam Noble, who produced our Balance Not Symmetry album. He's an incredible producer. Um, and, and it was just like, literally, we were cooking our own lunch. We were doing everything ourselves. We couldn't bring in other musicians. So it was it was a proper like gang making something happen, you know? And, and, and the beauty of it was for me to feel, for us all to feel like that after 20 years of being in a band, because I think, you know, before you know it, there's all these other outside noises and the complications of just being a band at a certain level and operating. And actually, when everything gets stripped away, there was no touring, no release, you know, everything, everything lost purpose. It actually made us find our, our essence again in a really simple way, in a pure way. So I do appreciate you referencing Infinity Land because I kind of sense that as well. I feel it's got this, this lack of inhibition. There's a freedom to it. And 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 it's and it's not really concerned with anything other than what it holds within. You know, what I mean, it's it's like a celebration of endings was quite outward, quite stoic, quite kind of proud. This one is is a bit more like that. You know, kind of like <laughs> trying to keep people away, and then yeah. if you want to come in, you can. You know, but um, but yeah, I'm re I'm really proud of it, and and I don't think it could have happened in another circumstance. This record, you know, it, it felt really vital in many ways you know it felt essential physically practically emotionally you know the album needed to be made and i think i think the best music and the best art comes from those situations when you feel that you don't have a choice and also you don't have to answer to anyone else it comes out unfiltered and un, you know, untarnished Man, what an exciting way of working. It's really, really cool to see you guys being able to take this moment and do something really, really positive with it like that. Thanks, man. It, you know, it's 
Well, it's everyone's struggled. Everyone's been trying to find those, you know, those little things in their life that just bring them that bit of joy. Whether it's your your fans being able to see your family after not seeing them, whether it's your close friends, whether it's rebalancing work. And I think everyone's rebalanced their priorities. And and I know a lot of bands, a lot of musicians I've spoken to. You know, everyone's taking a step back and going, "Wait a minute, right? What, I'm on this fucking treadmill, you know, of of life that we and we kind of create." We create this weird structure for ourselves and we become slaves to your, our own little rhythms and our own rules. I need to have a five-year plan. I need to know what I'm doing here and there. It's like, no, we don't. Let's just try and be a bit more in the moment. And this album is very much in the moment. No, I fully agree. It definitely feels very, very in the moment. Uh, a couple of quick things. I know you got to go shortly. Um, I do want to mention uh, something I spoke to you boy James about as well. Next year, not to make you feel old, man, but coming up on 20 years of Black and Sky now. No Which way, is- you're lying. You can't, I I can't be right. That's only four years old, that album, man. <laughs> <laughs> God, reminiscing on buying that when I was at school was a really depressing moment. But anyway, <laughs> it's coming up. And I guess, you know, when these anniversaries kind of hit, I'm not really interested in what's changed because it's very apparent what's changed and how much the band has changed and grown. But what has stayed the same for you, whether that's about like the actual writing process or how you approach going into a new record? Is there anything you can point to on that debut that still applies now and on this new record? To be honest, you know, some of the practical things have changed in terms of how we execute and record a record. But everything we we still judge our music on is the same way. I still write songs at home. We take them, I take them into the boys and we tweak around. And it, it's about that moment being in a room and looking at each other and going, this feels good. That's not to say you necessarily fit, finish a song, but we've always retained that, you know, and, and that's, it takes, it's a battle to retain that. You know, sometimes when you, if you've been out on tour for two years, the last thing you want to do is, you know, I don't know, it's kind of work on a song. You know, sometimes it'd be easier to just go, oh, forget it. Those moments where we just find the simplicity of it all, that that is what keeps us going, keeps our hunger moving forward, and also keeps us wanting to kind of find new inspirations. So I think that's what I always say to, to any band that asks, you know, how have you done it for so long? It's like, make sure that you enjoy what you do at, at, the, at the start, at any stage, because you know what? Things aren't going to become that wildly different. If you don't enjoy that essence of being in a room making some music. It doesn't matter how successful or popular you are, that, it, that won't make you happy. So it's all, we're always a slave to the song. We're, even from our first record, we were never scared of like having a quiet song next to something that was a bit more abrasive. And, and when I look back, I, I don't think we've changed as much as, I mean, as humans we've changed, but the way we do things, I don't think we have changed much, you know? Um, and especially because we're talking about the myth of the happily ever after, which was created in the same way as the first three records. So maybe if you'd spoken to me after celebration and the pandemic hadn't happened, I would be like, you know what? It's, there's, there's maybe not a lot in common other than the songwriting. But actually, we've, we've kind of just retouched on the essence of who we are as a band. And and, um, and I think that's special. That's what's special. The fact is the same three people making music and when we look at each other we still see each other as total 15 year old goofballs so i think that's i think that's quite a good keeps you know keeps us keeps our head in the game in the best possible way um i hope i hope that was an all right answer it's kind of hard it's hard to kind of dissect sometimes you know your own history it's a lovely moment to look back on that history though i think especially in the context of this record because like you say a lot of similarities to that early era but still acknowledging everything that's come on it's a really nice kind of absolutely and also, also what i would say every time we make a record we don't 
We're not thinking about what's coming next. We, we put everything, even from Black and Sky, you know, we our very first singles had B-sides that weren't on the album. We brought out a B-sides album after that. And, and it was always important for me that the album that we were expressing at that point was, was its own thing. And then when we moved on to the next record, there was no ideas hanging over. And that's, that's what I think kind of keeps us rolling because we, we put ourselves in this cliff edge before every album, you know, there's no parachute. You know, some some bands will have a couple of songs, and I know that, ironically, Myth had a couple of ideas, but this is a unique kind of moment. But for me, it's always about stripping everything bare, standing on that edge and going, well, we're going to jump off here, and we don't know if we're going to, you know, the parachute will open, and we're not going to smack the ground and break into a million pieces, but that is where the excitement is. And, and, and I think we still have that kind of, fuck, we better pull something out of our arse here because everything's on the line again, you know, and, and everything has to feel on the line. You know, it, it was different stuff we had in the line back in Black and Sky, but it still mattered in that way. It was like everything lived or died in that album. And I think for better and for worse, every record we've made since then has felt like that. You know, it's um, sometimes to, for, to my health, detriment of my health, but not to the detriment of the music, I hope, you know, and, and I don't expect everyone to love everything we do, but but I feel, I know for a fact that every time we've made a record, we have pushed ourselves to the fucking max. Yeah, definitely something to be proud of on this new one, man, 100%. Two very, very quick things, and I'll let you go, because uh, you've, you've been keeping busy in other ways as well, man, over these past 12 months, because I've seen these collaborations, had the chance to chat with the While She Sleeps boys, who were absolutely delighted uh, to have you on the record. Um, and of course, you popped up on the Architects album as well. So I'd love, love to hear Architects. a little bit. I know, right? I'd love to hear a little bit about working with those bands, because I know what massive fans they are of you guys as well. But then on the same token, I saw you did that Metallica cover as well, and I know what a massive Metallica guy you are. So a little bit about working with those newer guys, but also I want to hear how daunting it was to take on that Metallica classic. Well, of course, of course. Well, you know, I, this pandemic was happening. Architects reached out, mentioned, they mentioned a little while ago about singing, you know, singing a song with them. And I have loved and admired Architects from Hollow Crown, like right from like mid, mid noughties. I've just always loved how even how maniacally abrasive they were at the start. You know, I just, they've always hypnotized me. And I love the way they've evolved. They've just grown into this really sophisticated band. And I think, I think especially in, in metal music, it can be hard to, to really have that sophistication and kind of intelligence to the music. So to be a part of them, a part of their family, and especially with everything they've gone through over the years, you know, like, band like that, you know that they are doing it for the right reasons down to the, you know, like what I want our band to be, which is walking into that room. It's about being there for each other. It's about having experienced things that they shouldn't have had to experience, but coming through it together and to be a part of that extension of that family meant a lot. And that record is fucking unbelievable. I absolutely love it. You know, for a band like Architects to still be making their best record after, what was it, six, six album, I think. I love that, you know, so it constantly, it feeds back into inspiring me. With While She Sleeps, again, I've been a fan of them for years. I caught one of their videos a good few years ago, and I just loved the attitude of how they play. They're a band that they leave it all out there when they're recording and when they're fucking, the way they operate, the way they're directly communicating with their fans, their music's incredible. I love the, the evolution, the way they've moved as a band as well over the years. And, um, and yeah, I just admire how they work. Um, so to be asked to sing, it was two of the most easiest yeses I've ever said to anything in my life. You know, as I say, I love the way While She Sleeps are doing, I think the Patreon kind of thing at the moment, or it's a version of that. 
And I just love the commitment to their art, you know, the commitment to their fans and the fact that they are a DIY unit, I think is, is incredible in this day and age. And it's extremely inspiring to the next generation to show, you know what, we don't need the fucking mainstream. You don't need it. Go, make your own fucking community and get it out there. So, so I feel like I've learned a lot from architects and while she sleeps. Um, Metallica. I've learned a lot from Metallica. <laughs> you know, Metallica were the first proper band I saw live back in like 92 or something. It was the first metal record I ever got was the Black Album. I bought it in cassette in Cyprus and it was a, it was a pirate. I, sh I shouldn't have bought it, but it was like fucking three whatever separate pounds, I think maybe it was. Um, and I remember just listening to it for about a year straight, you know, like... And Holier Than Thou was always, always my jam in that album. I think because Enter Sandman, Sad But True, Nothing Else Matters were such massive songs from the get-go. I was that kid that was like, no, I, I don't want to like the big songs. I want to like the fucking, the, the thrash metal numbers. So that was always going to be the song we were going to cover. You know, I, I, I felt like it was a challenge we could have accepted. And to be asked by Metallica, because it was literally Metallica, they emailed everyone that they asked you, and they, it was a really lovely invitation. And, and, and the fact that they were the band that meant so much to me, we've played with them over the years. And, um, and it just felt like such an honor to put a Biffy spin on a Metallica song, because I can't honestly stress to you what an important band they were for me. I wouldn't be playing guitar if it wasn't for Metallica. And, um, and we just fucked with it just enough, just to nearly alienate some metalheads, but Metallica like it, so I don't give a shit. <laughs> right, you need to get a tattoo of that, and that is going on a t-shirt as well. Metallica like <laughs> it, so I don't give a shit. Fantastic. <laughs> uh, Simon, it's always such a pleasure to talk to you, man. Congratulations on this new record. Seriously, just so many wonderful, wonderful moments in there that I cannot wait to see live when you guys get back out on the road there. Um, but yeah, in the meantime, stay safe. Cannot wait to see what comes next from you guys. Man. Thank you, James, for your time. Yeah, see you soon, my brother. Thank you to Simon once again for that conversation. Like I said before, the album is out now. It's called The Myth of the Happily Ever After. And you can watch the video of that conversation over on the Rock Sound YouTube channel right now. Make sure you hit subscribe to the Rock Sound podcast so you can hear our latest interviews. We are available wherever you get your podcasts. We're talking Amazon Music. We're talking Spotify. We're talking Apple. Like I say, really, wherever podcasts are available, you can find us. Make sure you hit that subscribe button, guys. And we'll be back with another interview very, very soon. And until then, I've been James Wilson-Taylor and thank you for listening to the Rock Sound Podcast.